0: In a world where magic is controlled by law and government, mages are both coddled and persecuted. Corey Monroe knows she isn't a mage, and her best friend is. Reality isn't always what you know. If you are looking for an urban fantasy with found family, an education-based magic system, and evolving storylines, try My Luck by Mel Todd, book one in the Twisted Luck series. Available exclusively on Amazon. Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1018. Today we hear from Nicole, who asks,
1: What exactly are prompts for writing? Have you found prompts to be helpful? I imagine them as what would set up an essay in school. Would the anthology calls also be under this umbrella? I ended up on several writers' email lists, and I will see titles like Gift for You, Spring Writing Prompts, or some such thing. I haven't really done
0: much with prompts, so I was curious about them. Yes, those things that you mentioned are prompts. So, for example, we are shopping for current anthologies, and we've gotten a few stories in, but we still need a lot more to fill them up. Um, and we, we're we going to start reading come May, and uh, hopefully there's a bigger pile than we've got now, so tell your friends. We also need to get it listed on Rayland and do du- Duotrope so we can really get attention for them. Okay. But... Um, Yeah, so for those of you who haven't been listening to everything, the four anthologies can be found at everydaynovelist.com under the Open Vistas tab at the top of the page. The first one, or uh, these are in no particular order, we have Iron, Fire, Muck, and Sludge, which is dirty jobs in science fiction and fantasy. Kitty's editing that. Kitty, what are you looking for in those stories?
1: I'm looking for the... Messy, working-class jobs that make the fantasy or science fiction world possible. Not the glamorous ones, not the warriors and the leaders and the kings and the priests, but the people that are cleaning shit, and possibly literally, and making the engines run, and that sort of thing.
0: So you want something that concentrates on Scotty's lieutenant and not on Spock. Right, right. All right. Another one that we're shopping is my anthology, After the Peak, which explores possible futures for how civilization might unfold after the current demographic crash happens. There's a lot of background for that, um, for what you need to know about how that works on the page. And we also did an episode on it not too long ago in this podcast. Look for the After the Peak anthology episode. And listen to that, and you'll have a good idea of what I am looking for on that. The other one I'm doing is, and we're actually editing this one together, Swords in Space! Which you may have heard the promo for, because it's the only one I've made a promo for yet. Um, The idea is, when you're in space, you're in these pressure-controlled environments, people are people, violence is going to happen, but you can't use guns. Because you don't want to puncture a hull and endanger your air supply. It does you no good to fight a gang war for domination of the great space station if you punch a hole in the wall and it becomes uninhabitable. So, imagine that these far future space colonies develop dueling cultures of different kinds, using swords and knives and hand-to-hand combat and all sorts of other stuff like that. Give me stories that feature... Those dueling societies, the martial arts around them, how their existence affects the culture, what kind of societies exist on these worlds where violence is personal again, rather than being something that happens at a remove, even when you're inflicting it. And the final one that you're doing is Immortality, Some Assembly Required.
1: This is one on the less commonly talked about problems that someone who is immortal might face. I mean, y- you you kind of see a lot of, um, I've lost 20 th- lovers in my lifetime, I've watched my children die, that sort of thing. But weird little things, like, I, I think what uh, set this one off in my head was reading, a, a reading some science journal that said that... Um, people born in the Neanderthal era of Europe would not have been able to digest milk. Mm. And thinking someone who was born in that era wouldn't be able to eat a lot of the
0: processed foods Mm. that we have today. Not just because, not because of their gut biome, which would keep pace with their development, but because of their original genetic capacity. Exactly.
1: Little things like that, that nobody writes stories
0: about setting up new identities to drop into trying to Mm -hmm. keep your property, trying to keep your property through inheriting stuff from yourself and things like that, right? Without
1: paying inheritance tax. And, um, one that, that we've run into a few times with, um, with friends and whatnot is if you don't use a bank account for a long enough period, the bank will close it and it goes into unclaimed accounts and then you have to send a letter to the government to get it, get your money back what mm-hmm. happens when you're immortal and you move around and and
0: change identities
1: change identities and what happens to your bank accounts just the bank people always assume that the immortals are somehow fabulously wealthy but what if they keep <laughs> leaving 20 cents in a bank account and it doesn't accumulate because it just gets closed and reclaimed.
0: And what about uh, forming relationships with people who have a worldview that is tiny compared to yours? Forget losing them. What about getting to know them in the first place and getting over the problem of having them know you without blowing your cover? Mm-hmm. It's like the world's worst kind of witness protection program. <laughs>
1: so. Right. And, and there would be like weird little... Moral quirks that someone who comes from the Middle Ages might have.
0: Moral fashions change so much in such short times.
1: Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're probably pretending to be just like everybody else and think think the same things. But in their mind, they're like, dude, it's just meat. (laughs) Seriously. God. (laughs) You know how modern people are weird about food? (laughs) <laughs> you know, little little things like that.
0: Little things like that. You're letting your bloodthirsty imperialist roots show. Oh man, oh man. So uh, those are the ones we're shopping and those we just gave you a whole bunch of writing prompts. So what's a writing prompt? A writing prompt is a starting place. It's something that you can jump off of easily to start a story.
1: It's, it's usually a short description of a setup. It can be a couple of lines. It can be a word and a color
0: Mm -hmm. it can be a paragraph describing a setup it can be i've written uh we we used to do writing exercises where we would just pull a sentence out of a book at random and use that as the opening sentence Mm -hmm. writing prompts are something to get you past the fear of the empty page um to to help kickstart you and get you over the initial resistance to getting the words down and to getting something interesting and, and
1: also give you a sense of of focus if if you're um mm. if you're stuck because you have too many ideas focusing on one idea becomes an approachable thing rather than than trying to settle on which of the 27 ideas you're going to work with right now
0: right one of my favorite stories that i wrote from a writing prompt was um my story, The Society of Miserable Bastards, and the writing prompt for The Society of... Actually, I've got my, I'm going to tell you about my two favorites. The writing prompt for The Society of Miserable Bastards was I was answering an anthology call for uh, prom nights and secret babies. Now, there's very little in this world that can interest me less than prom nights and secret babies. First of all, I didn't even go to high school that long. So I never had a prom night and wouldn't have cared if I did. And the second thing is, secret babies are this romance trope that I never had any interest in. But, I was in a workshop and they were shopping this anthology and I had to turn something in. So I went back to my hotel room and I decided, well, if baby is secret, then it's a bastard by definition. What if there were a bunch of these guys and they were on a revenge quest against their parents? So I wrote down The Society of Miserable Bastards was my title. It was the first thing on the page. And then the whole thing just flowed. And it's one of the most incredibly dark and twisted stories I've ever written. And I love it. Um, you can pick it up in ebook format for like, was it 99 cents or two bucks or something like that? Mm-hmm. My other favorite was that I answered an anthology call for an erotica collection called Love at the End of the World. And I always thought, oh, I'd like to write erotica. I've never figured out how. Apparently, I still haven't figured out how. Uh, oh, no, it was po- it was Apocalypse Sex from Circlet Press. That's what it was. Mm. And um, so I wrote this story about a blues bar. At the end of the world, in the midst of a flood that was washing everything off the planet. And the main character gets trapped in this blues bar, in an orgy in this blues bar, where everything is just going away. And she winds up involved in a mystery that illuminates many things about her past she didn't know. And it turned out not really to be erotica. It turned out to be southern gothic horror and romance. But it was interesting enough... To the editor, that it slid in and I actually sold the story. You can pick that up again in ebook on its own for about 99 cents, I believe it is. It's called Buried Alive in the Blues, and it is one of my favorite stories that I've ever written. But um, writing prompts are very helpful, especially when you've got Vapor Lock. If you're feeling that tremendous creative energy or the tremendous creative obligation, and you just can't get started, that's what writing prompts are for. And uh, I recommend using them. They can—you will get stuff out of writing prompts. Writing prompts will draw things out of you that you would never have found otherwise. Especially for writing short stories, they are fantastic, and I can't recommend them enough. So hopefully we've given you some ideas, some writing prompts in here. Maybe that'll even result in you sending some stories into our anthologies, mm. which would
1: rock. I think two of my favorite uh, of your st- of your slightly longer stories hmm. that come out of writing prompts is Chicken Noodle Gravity.
0: Mm. And yep. <laughs> also
1: Suave Rob. That's right. And they were both, they both came out of...
0: Uh, Arguments with Mer Lafferty on Twitter.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, one, one of the... <laughs> uh, Chicken Noodle Gravity came out of Mer Lafferty being frustrated by uh, not having really weird short stories when she was editing Escape Pod, and so she popped on Twitter and says, okay, I'm now accepting stories about gay men and soup cans. And I said, you'll have it by the end of the week, and I went and wrote Chicken Noodle Gravity. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Uh, what, uh, suave Rob came out of, uh, she was complaining about how someone was, uh, someone at school was teasing her daughter on hitting like a girl. And so I thought, gosh, that would be a fun opener if I had a, if I had a, uh, female to male transsexual who was being teased about being hit like, about hitting like a girl. And so that's the opening scene of suave Rob's double X daring do. So, yeah, um, yeah you can find writing prompts anywhere and there are loads and loads of fun. And I I got a novel series out of Suave Rob and I got a commercial sale out of chicken noodle gravity. So, Hey, they can also be profitable. Thank you very much for the question, Nicole, and we'll see you tomorrow.